Welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we explore canon, legends, and beyond. And speaking of the beyond, this is our first time getting into a a play, an audio drama. Either Radio way, show. I don't know. <laughs> either way, it's the one thing that I bought in book form that I should have gotten from Audible, and that is Dooku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott. My name is Beth Van Dusen, and with me, as always, are Chad Jayshank and Ryan Schweck. But first, over to you, Chad. This is your reminder that this is more of a book club than a review show, so we'll have expected anyone coming in here to have done the reading or to not care about spoilers. That also goes for pretty much anything else Star Wars. We will try not to spoil new things, but it's going to happen, so just, just be warned. Uh, Ryan, what is going on? I, you know, we didn't get a lot of news in the past couple of weeks, but what we got has been a doozy. Um, we'll save the big one, but they made an announcement about Obi-Wan. They have confirmed the Obi-Wan show is in pre-production. It's back on and that it will only be one season, which I think we all kind of knew and kind of assumed, but I like that they're they've said it that way so you know we can get through it we can tell one story you don't got to leave anything hanging we don't have to pay you and mcgregor for multiple years like there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits right and who knows when this thing's actually going to come out it could be forever from now i i never thought it was going to be more than one season that never even occurred to me yeah i just didn't see it running as a really long series i i assumed it would be a beginning middle and end kind of story uh, I'm kind of expecting it to be shorter one too, kind of like how Netflix did Defenders, where it was only what six episodes or something like that. Yeah, I expect it to be a shorter. And then, of course, our big news: the Mandalorian trailer has finally dropped, uh, with our release date of October 30th. Didn't get Ahsoka, like the rumors were going around that she would be in it. I'm kind of glad we didn't see Ahsoka in it. You know, there's been the normal breakdowns of this trailer. You can go online and find those and see a thousand different things that people have micro analyzed. I think my two, well, three things, three things that really stuck out to me or, and the reaction to it. One is that, boy, that planet sure does look like Ilum, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Like that's gotta be it. They're going (laughs) to go, Um, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My second I, have y'all seen the arguments and the 501st reaction to the biker scout knee plate? No, no, but I don't. Oh. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I want to have anything to do with it. This is <laughs> this is just ridiculous. So when the scene where the one biker scout kind of drops and then comes around the corner or whatever, the yeah. knee armor is upside down, <gasps> and oh my goodness. It is the funniest thing to watch these people discuss it and how now they're going to update the, what do they call it? The CRL or something like that. Whatever that Bible is that's got all the acceptable costumes because now it's on screen, which means they have to accept it as canon. And there have been the funniest online arguments about this garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try not to laugh. We have friends that are cosplayers. I have respect for the 501st. I'm just not amongst them. I just wish that I had that much time on my hands. Mm -hmm. And my favorite is, man, they must have really been looking. Because I I looked at it and I said, yeah, it looks like a biker scout. But like, yeah, apparently the little piece of armor is upside down. That has been a really funny. Is it it possible he's just like the private pile of biker scouts and is kind of new and just can't get his crap together? My dream is just Filoni messing with people. (laughs) (laughs) Or or just, just, yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess. It's just Filoni being like, this will be funny and just flips it. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not even flipped in the show. They did it for just for the trailer. (laughs) Um, And then just overall, look, I know it's the child, but I was really hoping for less Jedi. Like the trailer is heavy on the Jedi talking about them and stuff. And once again, I'm sorry. The Mandalorians know who the damn Jedi are. Yes. Like, you know, come on. I I can see yeah. like you're in like some backwater and maybe you've heard about them. 
but the Mandalorians know who the Jedi are. Like for they, a they while, absolutely know. Yeah, Darth that Maul was your leader. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, y'all. It wasn't that, that, that long ago. Yeah, that struck that struck me as weird. Um, I also again, it looked cool, but I'm a little disappointed in the assumption that or, or what the what the the trailer seems to be saying is that when they say they're going to take the child home to its people, they mean the Jedi and not Yoda people. And I want Yoda people. Yeah, you had Yaddle. I want to know. Again, I don't. I know people don't care. I want to know where Yoda came from. If they want to tell me that story, Dave Filoni is going to tell it to me. I'll take it. And instead of just like he's going to try to find the Jedi, I'm like, oh, now we're just going to be looking for a damn Jedi again. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was surprised no Moth Gideon at all. Like I really expected yeah. to at least see him for a minute. There's been interesting reports about this season. Supposedly, there's going to be a stretch of it that the Mandalorian is not in it. And there have been pretty heavy rumors that, well, it's not a rumor apparently that he was unpleased with some things going on and wasn't there for a while, but there are heavy rumors that he actually quit and, or was, yeah, I read some of those rumors, but they all came from, we got this covered. So I kind of ignored them. Yeah. They've come out other, other places. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. They seem legit. Um, but you know, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, I like Maybe it's because they didn't show his face the entire first season. Except for <laughs> one Maybe he's like, guys, can we at least I'm so pretty. But he, I am so I mean, pretty. Why are you paying me? I am so pretty. He knew what he was signing up for. It's not like they were hiding it from him. It's true. That's yeah. True. But I mean, Maybe. overall, it looks great. I mean, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So just a couple of weeks to go and then we'll get to see. So, there's been, I hate to bring it up, there's been a little bit of controversy about Gina Carano has uh, made some comments on line and have got people upset at her being on the show and calling for Disney to fire her. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. is something that is kind of clouding it a little bit. I won't get into the allegations, but let's just say uh, she she could have been nicer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> she seems, uh, I, I don't get... I mean, her less so, but the, the reason I will never understand someone like a J.K. Rowling is like, you can believe anything you want, but how stupid are you to say it out loud like that? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what the reaction will be. You can believe whatever you want, but it's just uh, so. And, and then I even saw a little bit of flack about Rosario Dawson. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Ba- yeah, I haven't seen anything back, about that either. That there was some incident with her and her family, but that seems to have died down. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did note Gina was only in one shot in the in the trailer, right? There was just the one shot of her and Carl Weathers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing, I almost forgot about this. They released a short, what's it? It's called The Chase, I think. It is tied to Squadrons. Did y'all see this? I haven't watched it yet. No. Oh, it one up, it's yeah. so good. It makes me so excited for Squadrons. Yeah, we get Ray Sloan being heartless old Sloan, which I'm pumped yeah. about. But yeah, I... I highly recommend watching the CGI short. It's really good. I just haven't clicked on it yet. But yeah, so that's pretty much all our news for right now. We've gotten some good toy leaks, not really news, but you know, I like to keep everybody up to date on the toys. We finally, we've seen the armor. It got leaked out in an Inferno Trooper. Hasbro has not announced those yet. I imagine they're going to be announced at Hascon, which is coming up shortly, but they're going to, they're in the Clone Wars packaging. Oh, excuse me, the Mandalorian packaging. So there'll probably be a rest of the wave to that. Um, so I'm hoping we see those too. And then there's also rumors they're going to make a vintage collection Razor Quest. Crest, excuse me. And uh, apparently it's going to be like $350. So, Yeesh. yeah. What, 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 what scale? Uh, vintage, so it's 375 It's classic. $300 for a 375 scale ship? Yeah, that Millennium Falcon's four ninety nine, I think. Oh, it'll be that type of thing. Okay. Yeah, it'll be it'll be huge. So that's another one we're expecting to see at Hascon probably. Um, which is I don't know when this is going to come out, but Hascon's the twenty second, twenty third of September. 
So yeah, that will be in the past by the time yeah. this comes out. So hopefully you watched Hascon and you had good luck on Hasbro Pulse getting all the exclusives. The armor, the armor looks dope. Oh, not that, that I've seen it. Not that I've officially seen it, but right. Not that I looked at that picture of somebody getting it. Not that you. Not that you sent me that picture. Yeah, nope. it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's super dope. So that was our news for tonight. Uh, you know, yeah. moving on. We tonight we're looking at. You know, for better lack of term, terms, uh, origin story of one of our characters. So we thought we'd go into what are some other origin stories you would like to see from characters we know, whether it's books, novels, you know, um, which are the same thing, audio drama. <laughs> yeah, who hasn't who hasn't gotten a book that we would like to see get a book? Yeah. I'll uh I'll go first because mine. You'll, is... you'll go first. Yeah, yeah I'll you'll go, go first because I'm gonna go ahead and get the really <laughs> obvious one out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, not just one book would do. I'm looking for a whole series of the Adventures of Flukoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not the one I thought you were gonna pick first. Are you kidding? That was absolutely the one I, I thought know he was because I pick. know what one he probably really wants. Uh, you know which one's gonna come soon too. You know, yeah. Flukoon, obviously the best Jedi. Um, uh. A gentleman, a fighter, <laughs> COVID <laughs> warrior, just overall amazing Jedi. He is. He is. I mean, think of all the adventures Flukoon had. You know, did that ship blow up? It did. But who's to say Flukoon doesn't have force shields and he has survived <laughs> and is somewhere else defending the universe? I'd like to see a full Flukoon from birth to death series of books. Chad, what's your first one? <laughs> um, uh, it's not Rail Avaros. <laughs> I was going to say Jason Sandula, but that's a little cheeky. Uh, so my first one is going to be Kira. Mm. Is I want to see Kira between the events of from from the from the between the prologue of Solo to when she sees Han again, and then after Solo. Um, I want to see her rise through the criminal ranks and I like that character and I want to see more of that character. So that's the one that I would do first. Beth, what's your first choice? I thought somebody would have picked this one first, but I obviously want to know a hell of a lot more heck, heck of a lot more about Yoda. Nice. Okay. I, I, I want a Yoda book. I want to see from child Yoda hanging out with Mandalorians to, the what 850 years before we get to know him there's a lot It'll of stories interesting there. to see how much yoda we get in high republic i mean he's yeah one of the main characters he's like he's, they've here. already shown pictures of him he's in it i don't know I don't he's know. gonna be he's he's gonna be this constant it's like we will get yoda's bio but over the course of the next 50 years mm-hmm because yeah. as they go along and tell stories, they'll be like, well, let's go back. Yoda alive then? Yeah, Yoda was alive then. I guess well, he, he has to be in the story. <laughs> Damn. I can't wait 50 years to find out Yoda's full story. Yes. I don't have 50 years in me. I want young Yoda to just be a jerk. Just a total, like, <laughs> sleazy, just awful person. Like Giles on Buffy. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what's next for you? All right, my next one is Impus Nest. I think yeah, there you go. I've talked that's the about one I, that's this. That's what I was, yeah. Yeah, I think I've talked about this before. Like, I probably, I mean, outside of Jen or so, like, Impus is, I think, who I'm most interested in new canon. And I think there's so much story there they hinted at. And it's just ripe for a book. You know, either following kind of, how she became Infus Nest and what happened to her mother. And then even after Solo, once she gets all the, uh, what's it called? What's the stuff Solo gets? Oh, the, the Quaxium. Quaxium, yeah. Um, and kind of where she goes from there, you know, how, because eventually she should kind of intersect with Saul Guerrera. Like, there's so much there. So she's definitely one I want to read about. I have one on my list that says Saw slash Infus. Mm-hmm. But I knew, I knew you would go for Infus Nest. But I think t- together. I think kind of a book about that, like the part is her and the partisans and all that stuff mm-hmm. would be really cool. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. That was the one I saw coming. My second choice. I was going back and listening to some of our previous episodes, and there was one that struck me. I'm going to say I want one about Ray's parents. I do want a book about Palpatine's son. Mm-hmm. I want to know that story. I want to know what it was like, what he was, who his wife was. 
I understand that Disney is now trepidatious about the sequel era. We've heard that they just plan on not telling any more stories in that or whatever. Do what Lucas did. If, if you really think you messed up the sequels or people think you messed them up, do what Lucas did. Just let all the writers fix it. Hand this 30 years over to the novelists and the comic writers and let them build up something amazing like they did with the prequels. Ray's parents would be a good part of that story is to tell us, you know, have a, have a really good writer get on it and tell us the story that can also tell us the story of the time in between. We don't have we have so very few stories of the time in between Jedi and Force Awakens. I know we have Aftermath, but there's so many years in there. Aftermath only covers like six months. And I'd be curious to see, like, did did he know who he was? Did he know what he was? Yeah, I just. And how did he deal with that if right, he did? He's on the run. Does he know why he's being hunted? You know, I assume that eventually he does. Does he know when he meets his wife? Does he know what that means as far as having a child? Like, I just just give these writers just go, you know what, guys? We're done touching these characters. Go wild. Mm-hmm. And I guess there would be some like scene where. Ray, when she's little, does something and he realizes I've got to hide her better. Like whether she force pushes something or yeah, it can have little Ray in it. Yeah, because Ray's bio isn't that interesting. She lived in the desert for, you know, 16 years or whatever. And that was it. I, I know we've seen some of his story already and we've had bits and pieces of him, but I really feel like Qui-Gon needs more of his own story in the past, um, you know, when Master and Apprentice takes place, he's an older man already, and it's right before we get into the prequel era. So I want to know, and I know we see Qui-Gon as a younger man also in Master and Apprentice, but I want to see more of Qui-Gon and how he became who he became and and how he planned on shaping Anakin what were his thoughts about Anakin I want to I want to know more about that and how he thought he could take care of this and really learn more also about would he have been a better master and not let Anakin fall to the dark side yeah absolutely yeah no I think I mean you we've gotten some but you're right I mean I think a lot of a lot of teenage Qui-Gon would go a long way so I think it'd be a lot of fun all right for my last pick Last pick. I decided yeah. to go for the wild card. Uh-oh. <laughs> in the tradition. Rail Avaroth. <laughs> in the tradition of fully filling out a character who has very little screen time, I would like a traffic-esque story taking place on Coruscant starring Elon Slizbagio. <laughs> <laughs> what is the death st- death stick market like how did he become a death stick dealer what happens after obi-wan <laughs> does that stuff to him we've talked about more but i think it would be an awesome book to hear about dr- drug dealing it'd be like the wire it could be like the wire yeah even better oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the wire <laughs> yeah that'd be- either that or it's a sad drama about his prevails and failures through rehab That'd be great. Just this horribly depressing book where, like, he comes from like a broken home, and like it's just it's an AA book, right? It just turns into an AA book. That's what I was gonna ask: is is there like a galactic AA? There could be. Maybe there's Jedi, and that's what they do. They're not warriors; they're counselors. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. For my third one, I have a couple listed. Oh boy. Um. Okay, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Admiral Holdo. She has a pretty decent part in the Leia novel. Obviously, as a lot of people, when they watch The Last Jedi, we're like, who, why is, we get it because it's Laura Dern, but why does Leia trust this woman with everything? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd kind of like to know why. Like, I give a little bit of it because they've known each other since they were kids, but I don't know. I, th- I think Holdo, if she truly is a vice admiral, that means she's done some stuff. And I think that might be interesting. But my true pick is definitely Jason Sandula. But that's just because I want anything with Jason Sandula in it. I was going to pick Hera, but I feel like that's too close to Jason because I, I want to know more about what Hera does in between Rebels and, and when we briefly see her in Alphabet Squadron and stuff. So leading into this week's book, I really feel like I need to know more about Sifo-Dyas because he's pretty important. He creates clones. He he's the one who starts the order for the clone army. Sifo is a big character that they've been slowly filling in. 
Mm-hmm. Very slowly. I mean, more than Lucas ever did. <laughs> well, yeah. Luke. What? You mean getting mentioned wasn't enough of fill-in for you? Lucas just drops this damn name in the middle of Attack of the Clones. And then we never hear about it again. And Obi-Wan's like, and Obi-Wan's like, ah, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't ever I'm bring gone. it up again. That's the crazy thing. Like, no. Obi-Wan's like, huh, he died. That's real weird. Moving on. <laughs> and like, We got these clones he gave us. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, bro. Yeah. It's real. It's real, real weird. Uh, I think so. I think so. I mean, we're going to talk about Sifo-Dyas tonight. Mm-hmm. And do you think it would let off a red flag? Like, man, everybody knows, at least Yoda, like sifo and Dooku, they were pretty tight back then. This might be something I need to look into, <laughs> but nope. <laughs> nah, it's, uh, it's probably it's, fine. It's fine. As, we, as we've learned, the Jedi at this point are barely functional. So to think that they would be investigating something is ridiculous. No, they were just like, hey, free clones. Yeah. Yeah. So so we all we all decided that, of course, the one book that we would want would be the book about Rail Avaros. But <laughs> Rail Avaros <laughs> is in this book or audio play. Um, so, Beth, what did what did we listen to for this? Well, what did Ryan and I listen to for this week? Well, so I looked at the publisher summary and it talks about him being born into a life of privilege on Sereno and trying to forget the life he once led. And. Wouldn't he have left Sereno when he was a baby and have no memory of it or his family? So that didn't make any sense to me. So here's my summary. In the prequels, Dooku, or Darth Tyrannus, is a mysterious and enigmatic character. While we learned more about his past in Master and Apprentice, with Dooku Jedi Lost, we can finally see the events that shaped the man in the movies. Dooku has just taken on Asajj Ventress as his not-really-apprentice, more-assassin, and her first mission is to seek out his missing sister on Sereno. Through the hollows and journals he gives her to study on her voyage, we learn about Dooku's life from youngling to master, a haughty but eager young Padawan trained by Yoda himself, the man haunted by his own power and drawn to Jedi Lean Lean Kastana as she hunts Sith artifacts, and the master who loses faith in the Jedi even as he trains future generations. We also get a deeper look at what led Ventress to the dark side. This is a story of how darkness can fall on even those who dwell in the light. Very good. And a very nice use of the word haughty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this title should have like, you know, the secondary title. So it should be like Lost Jedi parentheses, Daddy Issues. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be just Star Wars in general, though. It's true. Yeah. Star Wars is just one big daddy. Issue. <laughs> so, Chad, this was your first time listening to this book, right? I got it a while back. I just never gotten around to it. Um, I just had I just hadn't I hadn't gotten to it. I didn't know it was this cool. That's what it came down to. Well, so that's how's that for my first question mm-hmm. there? Um was Sidious not Sidious Tyrannus? or Dooku, someone you thought you wanted to know more about after the movies? Yes. The only affection I have for him in the movies is that he's played by Christopher Lee. Uh Well, yeah. That's really what we're going on here. I think that they've done an okay job on Clone Wars with him, but no, not really. I think I've always been kind of interested in Dooku just because he's so different than the other Sith that we had been presented to up to that point he's not you know this big menace or behind a mask or anything like that i also always really that line in attack of the clones about qui-gon where he's talking to everyone and talks about like qui-gon would be with me i've always thought that was interesting and wanted to know more about that yeah that scene that scene is interesting i just think nothing else they do with the character is it's like he just he's just then bad guy through the rest of the movies, you know, and uh, I thought he he might have a backstory that I'd want to know about just because because he wears a cape. At, well, that's, I mean, pretty fly. Yeah. Any man who wears a cape in the Star Wars universe, except for director Krennic, is pretty fly. <laughs> Krennic so wants to be fly. I love Krennic. <laughs> he wants to be fly so bad. But at the, you know, he seems really tough and, and all sithy and then at the end he's just he's a sad old man who wasn't really an apprentice at all he was just a placeholder while she waited for somebody else i've never thought of him as really sith 
Like, he uses the dark side and all that stuff, but he's just so different than the rest of them. I don't know. And this book kind of backed me up again on that. Like, yeah, he uses the dark side and stuff, but he's not like the rest of them. This book does not depict his interactions with Sidious, though. This we the story of this the story this story we're gonna call it a book. I know it's an audio play, but we're gonna call it a book. This book, you know, the story's over before he meets Sidious and actually becomes a Sith. I mean, yes, the Ventress stuff, but we actually don't get to see the part in his timeline where he was introduced to Palpatine. Where Palpatine seduced him. It skips straight from him deciding to leave the Order to he's got Ventress getting force lightninged up in his palace. So there's there's still a chunk of time there that could be filled. That's why in. it's called Jedi Lost, right? It's about him. It's it's the story of him becoming the twentieth lost Jedi. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also about how Asajj Ventress became lost, and it's about how her master became lost, and it's a it's a lot of Jedi that are lost more more than the Council would want you to. Do we think. believe in over a thousand generations, only nineteen Jedi have ever quit? You really eh, believe that? You really believe to. that? <laughs> just seems kind of. I was like, really, just nineteen? They're the only ones that have ever quit in a thousand generations. Maybe we're gonna find out the Jedi used to be a lot better. <laughs> like you would want to stay, <laughs> um, or they're just propagandists and liars. They also used to be able to have you know sex at one point, and so you know that probably maybe led to some other people going, wait a minute. I ain't signed on for this. <laughs> That's true. There could have been a mass exodus once they uh, went celibate. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm out. I'm out. Well, that's the thing about, and going back to that again, like that I think Dooku is so different is that the other Sith we see, they seem to be more like, I'm going to rule the galaxy. I want ultimate power. And just for me, Dooku has always struck me as more, he sees the Jedi are messed up. He sees the Republic is messed up. And this is how he's going to fix it. I don't know. There's a, there's a subtle difference there, I think, that makes him different. Yeah, he, he sees that the Republic is jacked up and the Jedi are doing everything wrong. But nobody's going to listen to him. So, eh, peace, I'm out. He should be, after reading this, he should have been the Jedi's Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. You know, he should have, he should have been the one nailing, nailing his, you know, the problems with the Jedi to the wall of the temple. But he didn't, and he he slid another way and then ends up being Sith. But the fact that he becomes Sith to me is secondary. You're right. He's more of a guy who he's a true believer. Honestly, he's a true believer in the Jedi Mm -hmm. and in the Force. And it's that's what lets him down. Mm -hmm. The fact that he becomes a Sith Lord and a Darth Tyrannus. Yes, he he is all those things. But but you're right. That just is that's just where he ends up, because that's where you end up when you leave the Jedi. (laughs) <laughs> and, and want to fight him, I guess, or it's just his way of getting back at them. But yeah, I see him more. Yeah, he. this makes him out to be much more of a tragic. I mean, he, listen, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, don't be wrong. He's still, you know, he's pretty he's pretty pompous. Yeah. I mean, even even when he was at Hogwarts, he was still kind of a jerk. <laughs> I mean, we can't avoid the fact that like a quarter of this book is Harry Potter, right? <laughs> uh, he's not wrong, though. No, well, there's actually an old expanded universe novel called Yoda Dark Rendezvous. That sounds like a sexy it book. It was it was a it was a Clone Wars book when the Clone Wars when Attack of the Clones came out. They put out like four or five books that are kind of forgotten that were these now old expanded universe, but they were they had Clone Wars as part of the title, and um and they were just meant to be stories that took place during the Clone Wars before we really had a vision of what that meant. And one of them was this Yoda Dark Rendezvous, Dark Rendezvous, and in it there was a there was a big chunk of that book that really was the Jedi Academy as Hogwarts, and so this reminded me of that. Um, this because I mean I'm really surprised we haven't got that show. I mean I guess we got what the Young Jedi Knights books. Yeah, I could but. see Marvel doing that. Marvel's been big lately on schools for youngsters, even outside of the X-Men. I could see them pushing a Star Wars one like that, too. How do you not do that? I mean, that's an easy Disney Plus show, man. Mm-hmm. You just do you just yeah. do Harry Potter. You say, hey, it's Harry Potter without the transphobia, and it's Harry Potter, but with Star Wars. And easily, that's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It's a live... I mean, you could... I don't, I don't know. I, I That stuff felt a little too contemporary contemporaneous yeah to me but it also was a lot of fun so speaking of jedi hogwarts 
let's talk about this big bad collection of Sith artifacts that they're keeping hidden in plain sight where just anybody can get to Bogan them. Room? And yet, yes, the Bogan collection. And I want to know more about the stuff that was in there because I want to know about these other 20 jet or other 19 Jedi that took off. I want to know what is a sorcerer of Tund? What are the Yakambi? Why are they in a secret room of archives? I want to know about Darth Crawl. I want to know about all of these things that are in this room that, you know, Dooku destroys. But before he destroys them, there's stories there and I want to know about them. The author of this would also like to know those stories because some of those are just names <laughs> and words he put in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I searched a few of them, like the the Wasted Battle or something like that. And it came up as this was mentioned in this book. Whenever, you're, whenever you're writing Star Wars, you got to put stuff in there like that because you never know. You might create something. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, that battle of the thing sounds cool. And they're like, hey, guess what? You want to come write a book about it? Yes, I do. So you got to plant your seeds. But uh, yeah, the Bogan room, because isn't Bogan like an old word for the dark side? I believe Uh Boga or something like that. Yes, it's actually like a force word. Bogan or Boga Hmm. or something like that. I believe it. it, I, I actually think Bogan might be an old word for Sith or it might be a Sith word, but but yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they would have a collection of, I mean, where else would they want their the Sith artifacts to be? At the Coruscant Smithsonian? Like, I, well, I mean, you would think, you know, that in New Canaan, the Jedi Temple is built over a Sith temple. Like, maybe you should separate that stuff. <laughs> but it also leads me to know that Poltergeist is not a movie in <laughs> the Star Wars universe, <laughs> or they would have learned <laughs> not to build over things. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the uh like you said the setup of all these lost Jedi going like oh I want to hear all these stories. I want to hear the one that quit because he didn't like what they had for lunch that week. <laughs> and then I want to hear you know like I want to I want to hear the full gamut from the from the ones that tried to take over the galaxy to the ones that had a dispute in HR. I just want to I want to see the full range of you know that's see that's a see to me like they put all these different point of view books or everything that's a book i would read that book yeah that's a 19 chapter yes. book each one of them gets I would a chapter read that book. you know the be story you could even do it in the form of those like in the in universe books mm-hmm. like the you know the dark tales of the, the jedi handbook or something you know where you could do these kind of it could be like a book the jedi read of the 19 lost or something i have like jocasta doing the intro or whatever yeah just just you know talking lovingly about dooku (laughs) so correct me if i'm wrong but the first time we really get to know dooku outside of the movies is the now legends expanded universe darth plagueis um right is that right that's the first time we really get to know him I would or at least say see him. So. I mean, he was in the the Tarkovsky cartoon. I was trying to remember the dates on that. Yeah, yeah if that was before or after. Yeah, I don't remember the dates he on was all in that. that. And then obviously he was on the show, uh, but he he never got he never got a lot of focus. Hmm. Um, I would say that yeah, the Plagueis novel gave him probably the most we'd seen at that point. The way I thought of him and Sifidius from that book was not so much Dooku, definitely Sifidius was very, very different between the two books. So reading, having read that first, having read Darth Plagueis first, color your, how you saw either of those two characters going into this book. I don't think so. I mean, I was so all in on this interpretation of Dooku that I forgot every other interpretation of Dooku that I'd ever heard. That's fair. I I was very thrown by the difference in Sifidius. Dooku, not so much. He, you know, it's not that Plagueis or, or Sheev have any deep insight into him in that book. So I think they were seeing his public face. But Sifidius isn't crazy in having debilitating visions in Plagueis that we know of. But he certainly doesn't seem crazy. But Ryan, when he was on Clone Wars, what was he like? I'm trying to remember back. It's just flashbacks. Yeah, it was flashbacks, and he wasn't crazy. He 
I mean, much like much like Sifo Diaz, I just forget about him as soon as I don't see him anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's definitely it definitely has. He's always had these visions as been part of the story, though. Yeah, God, I'm trying to remember back to Clone Wars what all he did. I don't remember. I kind of remember what he looked like. Yeah, I do too. I don't know. I, I guess I haven't had a ton of opinions about Sifo-Dyas. Maybe because I'm a, a lazy reader or because I just I've been waiting for kind of someone to just sit down and tell me about him um, and, and haven't been able and haven't uh, had the energy to pick up all the little pieces. Mm-hmm. But I thought uh, in this, it made sense in the context of this. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't even remember how he was depicted in Plagueis. He was the one who you can see Plagueis kind of manipulating him into doubting the Republic's ability to handle itself. So you can see him kind of planting, Plagueis is kind of planting the seeds into Sifo-Dyas's head. Could he also have been planting the visions of the war? Well, I mean, they don't say anything about him having any kind of visions in Darth Plagueis, do they? But But I I, I like this idea of him, though. The other interesting thing to me, too, was to learn that the Jedi have a place where they lock the crazy Jedi away. Like, they have a Jedi sanitarium. I mean, I like that idea, though. Like, you know, we were getting into this specific force powers. You're good at some things and others, and that some of them aren't so good. Like... I'd like to maybe see more of that where they find a child that their access to the force powers is really bad for them. Yeah. So if, if they had denied Anakin's training and he's so super powerful in the force, would he not have been trained and just shipped off to Jedi straight jacket land? I think Anakin, if he hadn't been finding the Jedi would have ended up Ricky Bobby. (laughs) 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 The, the, The pod racing superstar asshole. Um, yes, that would have happened, but I'm yeah. talking like if, if the council had said, no, he's too old, sorry, they wouldn't have just shipped him back to Tatooine to become Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they, and they wouldn't have shipped him to the Citadel. I don't think, I, I think the idea is this is for people that are legitimately dangerous to mm-hmm. themselves or to others, but, but it is a good point. I mean, not every, some people are not gonna maybe touched by the force, but they're not going to be doing too. They may not be able to handle it very well. Mm-hmm. And this version of sifo is... Most of the time seems like a pretty good guy and decent Jedi. And um, just everyone to all the world's on fire. (laughs) Yeah. And well, and Dooku with his force lightning that just kind of randomly pops out that he can't control and his hearing voices in his head that cause him to destroy the entire Bogan collection. If the Jedi had known about that, maybe he would have been shipped off too. He didn't destroy the whole thing because that helmet ends up in the Lando ship at some point, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Which, in the he destroys a lot of it. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking because I think the helmet that's in the, one of the helmets in there. I forget what it's called. The helm of something ends up in the Lando comic. This this idea. I mean, this what what this book did for me was it, it gave me. Obviously, sense plagues, which is funny because we just reread it, but it is that is this vision of the Sith and. The Jedi and the cat. It just it just gave me just a very stark vision of uh, why it all went wrong, uh-huh. and that these people are not all that that at this stage. And let's be fair, maybe never. Is it possible the Jedi were never the beacon, the the absolute perfect beacons that they pretend to be? I guess we'll find out in High Republic. I, I'm sure they have had better days, but I, I can't I can't imagine there was a time where the Jedi didn't have some corruption mm-hmm. <laughs> or that Jedi didn't have some. I loved there was a story beaten here that I loved that I'm I'm mad that I never thought of, which was the idea of a force um, or a Jedi uh, hunter, not a hunter. What is she called? The one that goes out and finds a seeker, a seeker bringing back their own child. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> and uh, I had I wish I had thought of that. I, I think t- to me, that's like a whole book. I thought that was a cool idea. What did y'all think of Asajj Ventress? I I like that they made her a little more relatable and a little more, I don't know, I mean, she's not human, but they made her more human by not just being evil. And I know how her, how her story ends in the Clone Wars. She's clearly not 100% bad, but they made her way more sympathetic. Now, have y'all read Dark Disciple? No. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I've always liked Asajj Ventress on the show and kind of her story of essentially just being used by all these people. And 
I don't know. I think she's really interesting. And I, Dark Disciple, I think having read Dark Disciple, it's interesting to see her at this point when it's just kind of starting. She's definitely one of those characters that is, when you get to the end of it, is more victim than mm-hmm. villain. Uh, like we kind of, kind of how we talked about Maul a little bit before uh, in a previous episode, how, how Maul just kind of, again, it's shockingly the Sith don't treat their people real well. And, and, you, and you're right. She's just getting, she gets used by all the men, you know, that have control over her and uh, having her be kind of the narrator. Now I'll admit, I'm not a fan of the Dracula style of uh, novel writing. I don't love a good uh, journal, you know, entry story. I find them to be pretty tedious, uh, but I thought they did a good job in this of moving in and out of kind of the journal entries into character mm-hmm. and stuff in a way. That yeah, it's it's me. not just straight up reading a journal. It, it goes from reading a journal into action. Yes. And it's, you know, it's 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 worth pointing out that this is exceptionally voice acted uh, piece. It's, it's a very well voice acted and produced piece of entertainment. If you listen to the audio version. I, I've spent all my Audible credits on the Aftermath book, so unfortunately for me, it's going to be just written form for now. Well, Ryan, it's got most of the voices, though, right? Yeah, Massage is definitely the same. Who else? The Dooku voice is a little different. Yeah, I He's also playing him at different ages. Yeah, I didn't love the Qui-Gon voice. It kind of threw me off sometimes because it was... I guess maybe a little more Scottish. <laughs> I think it was a little, it was a little off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little off. And I told you, cause I listened to the master and apprentice audiobook that they play rail Avaros. Like he's from Texas. <laughs> that rail Avaros for some reason, they've given this George Bushy kind of Texan drawl. And, uh, and that's been consistent now. Cause that was in the master and apprentice book too. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I was just it's not the exact same voice, but it's it's similar. They did. Apparently, the, uh, he did collaborate a lot with Claudia Gray. Because he was writing this while she was writing Master and Apprentice. Because I think they came out within like six or seven months of each other. Mm-hmm. So they did work together, which you can tell because these books, these stories like this is basically a prequel to Master and Apprentice. So a, a new character that you haven't seen anywhere else is Lean Castana. How do we feel about her? Because I thought she was fantastic. I want to see her adventures of hunting down Sith artifacts and trying to keep Sifo-Dyas from going nuts. You know she's got to run out of like Afra's dad if she does that, though. Which I would definitely gotta... read. <laughs> <laughs> We've already got one awesome female archaeologist in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We might as well have another. Yeah, I mean, it it points out, I mean, the kind of Qui-Gon, Dooku, not following the rules thing is apparently a pretty normal thing for the Jedi. Like, there's just always these people around. They're like, yeah, whatever. And they just kind of go do their own thing. And the Jedis are okay with this. They are a bunch of entitled jerks. And (laughs) and, but here's the thing. I would be, too, probably. (laughs) Like, at the the things they can do and the power they're given and, and... yeah, maybe they just maybe maybe a lot more of them were pricks than we thought. You know? <laughs> I got the force. What are you going to do? Nothing. That's what I thought. <laughs> what I, yeah, I mean, and they even said like some of the lost went on to become like leaders of worlds and stuff, um, which is kind of what Rail was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Master and, Apprentice. and and so, you know, uh, the. Again, <laughs> we it's a theme we keep coming to with all these new canon things we're reading, and it seems to be a dictate. Is uh, yeah, let's as much as we like like to dress up little kids as Jedi, and do like Jedi Academy at Disneyland, and and sell them the toys, and and all every kid wants a lightsaber. Let's also make a concerted effort in the in the other media to make them into um, jerks. <laughs> <laughs> and to make them into possibly the true villains of the saga. I mean, do you think they do that to heroize Anakin a little more? I don't know. If they are, that doesn't work for me. I think it contextualizes Anakin, though. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It, 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 it puts his fall in the frame of this was not the... 
I'm not going to. I was, I was going to say there are certain leaders you don't want in charge when an emergency happens. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody in real life right now. I'm just saying there are certain leaders that if they were in charge of things, when an emergency happened, they may not be the right people to be in charge. And um, I would say maybe this Jedi Council were not the right people to handle COVID. I mean, to handle Anakin. <laughs> it helps explain, too, why you had 10,000 lightsaber-wielding knights and generals that essentially got taken down. Yeah. And the universe was yeah. cool with like, yep, stormtroopers. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I just, part of it, I think, is one is just uh, we live in a less, when a canon gets deeper, when a fandom gets deeper, they want more depth with their characters. When Star Wars comes out in 77, you got good guys and you got bad guys. Mm-hmm. And that's really the same until Vader turns. But even then, he was a bad guy until he became a good guy again. <laughs> and there's still good guys and bad guys. But as time has gone on, and if you look at the sequel trilogy and just more writing in general, there's more of um, a taste for the gray characters. There's more of a taste for being sympathetic to every character. There's more of a taste for people love the villains. And so they like to give you the villains, but they also know they can't just all be villainy. So they got to give them some redeeming qualities. But this kind of character assassination of the Jedi, I'm going to admit, I kind of like <laughs> because. <laughs> I mean, they did kind of help destroy the Republic. Absolutely. They're part of it. Like I said, I think it gives Anakin's fall context and maybe he is a in a greater way. Maybe he is a symptom mm-hmm. and not cause. And, and as much as I love a good bad guy, I, I think the gray are much more interesting. That's why there's so many of them now, because the gray is, it's more relatable. I do like in this one, the reason that Serrano hates the Jedi. And I, I want to hear more about that, where they kind of talked about that way back there was this Sith, you know, problem and the Jedi wouldn't come. And... So Serrano kind of fought back themselves. It does pose a big question with the Jedi, right? If they are, if they're in, again, we keep, <laughs> keeps drawing parallels to real life. But if you're the galaxy's cops, when do you decide to help and when do you not? And that the, the council seems real wishy-washy on that. Well, they do the same thing in, in apparently on Sereno that they did on Mandalore. Yeah, we, we probably should help, but. We're not gonna. Well, but that's a pretty common. I mean, it's the what Superman four question, right? Should how dare you? Should how dare you? Superman <laughs> rid the world of nuclear weapons. That's what they need is some little kid on the hollow net being, "Come on, Jedi." <laughs> <laughs> Those type of heroes don't exist, <laughs> and so yeah, so they've kind of created this gray world where even Yoda is fallible. Well, even Yoda, who everyone loves, is you know he's a loser too. I mean, there is one hero that is above all that. His name is Plukoon. <laughs> we will get to hear more about him soon. I, I can't wait to see Ryan's handwritten short stories about Plukoon. <laughs> they look like the guy's journals in seven. <laughs> so one other thing that stuck out to me in this is and I don't know how long it's been since you guys have watched The Clone Wars all the way through, but I recently... Well, not super recently, but during the lockdown, watched the Clone Wars again all the way through. And the Mortis arc stuck out to me in the Clone Wars because it was the first time I had thought of balance as an independent thing from dark and light. It was the first time I thought of balance as a separate entity because you always think of dark and light and the balance is the middle between the two, not a separate entity. But the meditation that Lean teaches Dooku and Sifo-Dyas is showing balance as a separate thing. And that to me was very interesting, even though the Mortis arc is kind of weird and metaphysical and freaky. And I, I found that very interesting. And of course, all of those things from the Mortis arc come back into Rebels. So I do like that all that stuff eventually does tie together. And I assume that they were also trying to make that tie together in here as well. I'm sure they are. I don't remember Mortis that well. I do need to go back and rewatch them. 
Yeah, Mortis gets I, real weird. <laughs> I really, I really like it. Weirdest. But I do remember it being the weirdest arc of Clone Wars. It's very weird, but it's also. I mean, isn't that where Anakin literally like sees his future, kind of? Yes. Yeah. And then makes the choice to go ahead with that future. Right. But doesn't he forget it though? I believe they do all get their minds kind of wiped yeah. at the end, but Anakin still has this like at the very end kind of look in his eye, like I kind of remember some of this stuff. But I, I thought the the meditation that they do is very interesting and, and the wrappings on their arms. It's very kind of a, a monk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Lean obviously has some kind of Jedi old ways stuff that you know, current Jedis at that time are not doing. They they are a, a, a pretty eclectic group, and I guess they probably always have been. Again, I guess we'll find out soon. They are a bunch of mystics. Mm-hmm. Really, right? They are a bunch of people that, you know, yeah, they're warrior, they're they're knights and they're monks and they're peacekeepers and all this stuff. But they're also, you know, they believe in the hoodoo. So, like, they probably all have their own rituals and prayers and everything. Mm-hmm. But this to me was the most realistic, realistic, the, the most believable dramatization of some of a of a character's disillusionment in the force and the Jedi and all that, that I've ever seen better than better than because insidious. I mean, Sidious starts off evil mm-hmm. like when he's like 12. He's yeah. But in this, you're going from a kid who's generally a pretty good kid. But what is he? But what is he tainted by? He's tainted by attachment. Yeah, that's what really struck me was the, the for all of this book is that attachment idea. Yeah. And now we've talked about like how stupid it is for the Jedi to do that. Because obviously with Anakin and others, what it leads to. But on the other hand, well, it's weird because, all right, so if Dooku doesn't have the attachment, none of this happens. But on the other hand, that means that crazy brother, you know, ruins Sorrento and the Jedi do nothing. This the idea that the one the thing that the one thing that makes Dooku different from the other characters in this is he very early on knows who his family is knows where he's from and carries on. And again, it doesn't always have to be romantic, carries on a relationship with his sister. I find it very strange though, that he has Ventress track down his sister and save her only to show up and go, Hey, so I'm here now. You can kill her. I guess he just wanted to make sure. See, I liked that. Like, I think it was a cut basically cutting off his old life and, you know, he doesn't, have that attachment anymore i don't know which i found really interesting like his fall happens basically because of that attachment and then when he actually does that's when he severs it well she was going to go to the jedi about him too she was planning on contacting them to get him help it's like the corleones you never go against the family exactly yeah so i i mean i get why he wanted her taken out but why send ventress all that way to find her and then show up and go all right, I've I've seen her. Get it's her. Part of it's a test for Ventress, probably. Yeah, mm. he's grooming um, her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Part of it's a test for her, and then and then the rest of it is that maybe there, maybe it's one of the simple as he wants to look her in the eye to make sure it's true, or something. You know, like he needs to be present with her, talking to her to really understand. Mm-hmm what uh to to really know or yeah or he's just gone over to the point where he's a sadistic nut job he wants it to happen in front of him you know i mean i I was shocked by the end yeah i I wasn't expecting that i mean i was expecting that i mean i was assuming she would die because you don't hear anything about sereno having anybody but dooku but i don't know that i expected that to happen oh i wanted to point this out so, again, I know we pick on Lucas for the names, but having a character, especially in an audiobook, call another character do all the time does not work. <laughs> it sounds real dumb. Because I read it and giggled a bunch. Every time I read it, I giggled a lot. Yeah, hearing it out loud was... Dooku's just such a bad name. <laughs> but do's even worse. Well, and I'm guessing that's why they gave him a cool Sith name. Like, okay, so your name is Dooku, but you get to also be Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, 
for so that, we're like, throwing you a bone. 10 years or eight years or whatever, you get to be a Sith Lord. Um, but uh, then then somebody's going to cut your head off. I don't know. I, but I, I believed I, I fell for, I thought his transition again, not going all the way to Sith, but just his transition to leaving the Jedi order felt completely right and natural. I knew where it was going and I still felt that it hit the right beats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even in this audio play, I just felt like it hit the right beats to tell me that story to where, when he said, you know, no, I'm quitting. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. felt okay. earned. That, that's what I saw happen. Yeah, exactly. It was earned. That's what I saw happen. I, I or listened to what I listened to happen was this man uh, could be completely disillusioned with the order and quit. And so when he does it, like you said, it was earned. I, I felt I felt satisfied. By he it. went, hey, I can control giant monsters living under the ground on my planet. So uh, I don't need you guys anymore. I thought that was so weird. <laughs> One thing that struck out to me was that their moon is a funeral <laughs> moon. <laughs> and, you know, I get it's different cultures. They're trying to present lots of different things. But then I was thinking, like, man, I'd feel really weird if every night I went and looked up at the moon and be like, yep, there's Just, the graveyard. Oh, part. every night you go up and like, hey, mom. Hey, grandma. How's, how's it going? <laughs> Which might be kind of comforting, honestly. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the next episode of the show coming out is going to be about Queen's Peril and Queen's Shadow, the uh, Padme books. If you enjoy those, definitely go read the current Darth Vader comic that's happening. It is a hundred percent a sequel to those books, and it's quite good. But it, it it's uh yeah it it, it falls right in line uh, with with those books. Again, I think these I think. Other than the filmmakers, <laughs> the authors and the writers are all doing a really good job keeping every keep creating this thing. They just get these the the filmmakers to come in, and again, I don't blame them, but who don't care and just make the movie they want to make, and then everybody else scrambles around them to try to to try to make things make sense. But I think as far as creating this, again, there's so many gaps in this timeline that we don't know, but. I think that they've I think they've done a good job of coordinating. I I am a hundred percent fine with all of these smaller stories or side stories. I keep giving me books. I will take all the books and then put big stuff on on TV when you want to put a put a short Kenobi out, put Chad's uh, Sabine and Ahsoka adventures out, and, and do do some important stuff on TV, but keep the books coming because there's still so much to know. Uh, yeah, I want all these nooks and crannies, but this one, I mean, these are major characters though. Dooku's a, Oh no, this isn't a nook and cranny to me, big... but I, I want yeah. the nooks and crannies all explored. And the best way to do that is books. So it's via those. One of the things they explored that I didn't particularly care for was the Jedi sorting hat ceremony. Where you pick your, you know, where your master picks their apprentice, and it's done by a lightsaber duel. I did not. Yeah, I did not either. I did not care for that one bit. Yeah, because what if you're not a duelist? You know, what if you're a seeker? What if you're a healer or whatever else? Like, what if the Jedi? What if the Jedi weren't warriors? Like, (laughs) what if they weren't warriors first? What if they were peacekeepers? What if they weren't? You know, what if wars don't make one great, as uh, as I once said. Just none of that felt right. No. Again, it felt it felt Harry Potter. Yeah, it it, that was what the what's the fourth Harry Potter, uh, the Goblet of Fire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It felt a little bit of the fourth Harry Potter book to me. Um, Yeah, I, I didn't like that kind of direct competition uh thing i i know part of it was to just kind of give this to solidify the bond with with him and is it sifo he's in there with yeah yeah you know and so it kind of of course he's the one that orders sifo's death too later i think right um i think he's the one that also orders yeah. sifo, sifo's death, wait when so. does that happen uh it happens in between phantom menace and attack of the clones i don't remember is that where a comic was, because i've never heard that. that before what story was it in? 
it happened. Because Sifo Diaz dies. And it was... He was, like, shot down. He was sent on a mission. Oh, yeah. they He hires the Pikes to do it. Yeah. Um, and they shoot his ship down. Um, and then he kind of survives, and they take him prisoner. Um, God, what was that in? That might be on Clone Wars. Is it? I then I, it I did not go back far yeah. enough in my rewatching of Clone Wars. I mean, I'm looking on here. They say he's mentioned in the Force Collector book, which I haven't read yet. And like... But no. Yeah, everything I see on here that he would have been involved in, the only thing would have been his Clone Wars ones. Because there's, there's the episode Sacrifice. I don't know. That's the name of the episode that he's in, but I'm not sure. I but, will have um, to go back and look for that episode. Yeah, because I mean, they say in Attack of the Clones that he died... You know, Obi-Wan's like, oh, no, that dude's dead. What are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he died. He died. Like, I think he even is like, Master Diaz died 10 years ago. <laughs> like, he was very specific about it. He knew exactly when he died. That's right. Because there's the episode of the Clone Wars where, oh, yeah, Commander Wolf and, oh, Plukoon. It is Plukoon. Um, there we go. Plukoon go to uh, Obadiah and they find his lightsaber. Um, yes, yes. And then that's how they kind of confirm that he had died. So we don't actually see it happen. We but just find out. They confirm that he died, but Obi-Wan knew that he was already dead even before the Clone War started. Yes. Well, he says that, though. When he goes to Kamino, they said, well, you know, uh, you know, what about, you know, Master Sifo-Dyas who put in the order? He's like, Sifo-Dyas has been dead for almost 10 years. Oh, so it's a flashback. And so... That takes place during yes. uh, during the Clone Wars. There was a yes. flashback. Okay, it's it's like a hologram, and they find out something about All the right. past. Yes, it doesn't. I take absolutely place did not see that episode. Yeah, yeah, it takes place somewhere in between them. Um, technically, I mean, you know, Wikipedia is never wrong. Says that he died thirty two BBY. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm reading it. Now I remember all this stuff. Yeah, yeah he hires them. They shoot his plane down. They go get him, and uh, Dooku gets the body and then takes it to, um, uh, what's it called? Felucia. Oh, that's Felucia. right. He, he frames them. He, like, yeah, he frames them. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's, there, there was a whole thing with him. We don't actually, I don't even know if he talked. He might have been a hologram. Uh, but... It's not actually an episode about Sifo-Dyas, like in the present. It's about him in the past. I think it's part of yeah. it's a Yoda episode. I think. Well, there's the one episode where, uh, who is it? It's Palpatine, I think. Kind of pretends to be a Sifo-Dyas for, uh, Force ghost, and comes and tries to like talk him into stuff, and then Yoda sees through it. Okay, I don't remember that, but that sounds like that sounds crazy. <laughs> I'll have to go back and check that out. I don't. I just. I just get this image of Palpatine putting on a, like a little, like in what Princess Bride or whatever. Um. All right. So, but overall, everybody really liked this book and uh, or audio play, depending on how you listened slash read to it. So I. I think we can all recommend it. Yeah, it was great. It, it's. It's a lot of fun. Listen to it if you can. It's a pretty quick listen. Yeah, I'm sure it was a quick, very read, quick. Being a, basically a I actually read some uh, angry reviews on Amazon about it because people didn't read they were buying a script. Uh, that's what happened to me. I didn't know. Like I was at the bookstore when they announced the book was coming out and I assumed it was going to be an adaptation. And luckily I thumbed through it when I picked it up and I was like, I assumed nope, it was an adaptation this. as well. <laughs> I thought I was, I was getting a it. novelization of a play, <laughs> but I got a play and I don't yep. mind that. That doesn't bother me because I've read plays before, but it is fast. It, it, ooh, fancy. It is. It is fascinating, though, that they didn't put out an adaptation, that they just put out the play. Well, and again, Harry Potter reference. It's almost like they did with Cursed Child. It's true. I will say if you read it, thing. you probably yeah. get more thoughts and more kind of side action and in, in like stage direction stuff than they would do in an audio when they're actually reading it. Yeah, but do you get as many explosion but do you get as many explosion effects? No, but they happen in my head no matter what. Okay, Music's right. play music is playing, bla- laser blasts are sounding. I, I get it all in my head. 
since we've spent this episode talking about learning about characters uh, that we didn't know anything about, we're going to next week or in two weeks, we're going to shoot forward a little bit and we're going to learn about another character we don't know a whole lot about. Ryan's second favorite, probably resistance fighter pilot. Uh, we're going to read Freefall by, wow, I didn't write down the name. Forget who wrote Freefall. It's Alex Segura. Alex, Alex Segura, Alex Segura, Segura, Segura. yeah. Uh, Freefall by Alex Segura, which is a novel about uh, young Poe Dameron and uh, how, and I believe his days as a smuggler. It's a YA book about drug dealing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Excellent. Uh, and so we're going to read that next in part of our series of uh, learning stuff about people that most people don't care to learn about. Um, and uh, we're going to, we're going to go back and learn about teenage uh, Poe Dameron and only two chapters in, but uh, yeah, it's about what I thought. I I'm still working on Thrawn ascendancy in book form and aftermath in audiobook form. So it may be a minute before I get there. Try if you get a chance, also read what's the comic, Ryan Fallen Empire? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yep. That has uh Poe's parents in it. it. Makes a good little it's not that big of a deal. It's not even a great series, but it it, it makes a decent little companion. Yeah, it helps to know the piece. relationships a little bit. Because Poe Dameron kind of jumps, the book Freeform kind of jumps you into him. And if you kind of already know him and where what happened to his mom and all that stuff, it helps. Yeah. And that's, and that's definitely, uh, that's definitely going to be on Marvel. Yeah, it's on Marvel. On the, the TIE Fighter series was really quick and easy to get through. So I, I'm sure I can breeze through yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's, it was one of the first of the Disney, new Disney mm-hmm. comics. And they touted it up really big. And the first issue was really good. And the rest yeah. of them just weren't. It just kind of fell apart, but it is the basically origin of the two people that are going to, you know, it's, it's a story about Poe's parents. And I will say, if you like unnecessary origins, Freeform has the origin of a ship from a deleted scene in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh, excellent. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't Very... wait to learn about a thing that I don't need to know about. We need like tales from the Mos Eisley spaceport. <laughs> so it's not actually, you know, it's just a, it's just a, like a, it's like the flight log of every ship that's gone. Through oh no. There, uh, Dave, Dave and Arian and I came up with an idea to do a sort of a Jim Jarmusch thing with the Mos Eisley cantina and call it calf and death sticks. <laughs> and yep. Iggy pop and Tom Waits are there, but as aliens. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And we will see you next time on Execute Chapter 66. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.